Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hi. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hi. Hi. I, I got excited and then it was like I remembered and then I forgot something and then I remembered something and that's what that was. It was um, beautiful. So, so let me just elaborate. <laughs> today is Thursday, everyone. Surprise. Um, so, so what we're doing is today we're going to talk about Monday to Thursday. And then we're going to record Friday separately. And then you'll hear both. <laughs> so, <laughs> so chances are Saturday morning, if you're listening and you're like, it'll only be from like the Monday to Thursday. I've already said it. <laughs> I stopped listening. Um, and then I'll post Friday separately, possibly at some point. Um, <laughs> super committed to this. Um, so. Please keep listening. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that and now let's get back into the continuation of Valentine's Day. So that's one thing that I think we for, that um, happened last week, right? Was the to be continued? Yes. Yes. Okay, the to okay. be continued of the love time. And then for me, I'm thinking that's every day because because this is so opera. Like, <laughs> I know. Every day it's to be continued the following day forever and ever and ever <laughs> it really threw me off I was like whoa what's happening <laughs> <laughs> okay so I want to start out by who was thrown when they turned on their soap opera and then they felt like maybe their brain was playing a trick on them because the theme music didn't sound the way it was supposed to Oh my God, me. I was like, was it always this way? This is weird. I don't like it. <laughs> like, it, it was so bad. Like, like I'm on the couch and my face is making all kinds of ugly faces. I'm like, what is that? I see pictures of now. It's not right. <laughs> and, then, and then it took me a second to process. And then at the end, it sounded familiar. And then it was like, whoa, what was that? It was weird. So they remixed their, their song. Yeah, I'm not okay with it. I'm not good with change. You know, we've had to change so much. Like, I just I wanted it to be the same. So it's going to take some getting used to. So we polled people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Do you hear this? No. Okay. Okay. I can't hear the poll. But we can get So we polled this. Oh, crap. Um, it's because these are this is raw data and I don't have the percentages. <laughs> would you like me to do some quick math no 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 this is how I'll uh so the majority were not into it okay and then roughly an equal amount loved it and will also get used to it those are two different options okay um anyway let's moving on also something that I found remarkable is that while Stella hasn't been on General Hospital, yes. I don't know if anyone noticed that she was in a Pine Saw commercial that aired during General Hospital. Oh my God, no. <laughs> it was Pine Saw, and I don't even know if we're supposed to say stuff like this, but I wrote Pineapple commercial, but it wasn't. It was Pine Saw. I don't think anyone <laughs> needed to know that it was Pine Saw. Wow. <laughs> on a roll. Um, so yeah, uh, now that that's out of the way, uh, <laughs> So, so TJ and Molly are in the Savoy, 
And they're talking to Jordan on the phone. I was very, very excited. How did you feel? So look, obviously she's coming back because they're saying her name. And then you have Curtis (laughs) asking um, Portia to move in with him. So think of Mm -hmm. it. They're finally like moving closer together. Yes, physically. Yeah, and I feel like it's also them remembering they're together. So now it's a thing. Now they're like, oh my gosh, we're in love. Did you know she told Taggart they're in love? They're moving in together. Now people are talking to Jordan on the phone. And now Jordan's going to come back. And she's going to be the thing that blows them up. Because she knows who Trina's real dad is. Yes. Oh my God. It's so exciting. Right? Remember the gas confessions? I totally remember. And I'm very excited. Um, The Savoy was bumping. There was a lot of people having a really hella good time there. (laughs) Well, that was a lot of slang that aged you. So, but I feel I, I am old and I'm okay with it. I am down with it, my friend. Oh gosh, there's some more. So, like when I saw Brit and Brad together, I was like, "This is amazing." I felt like it was a gift, um, yes. and I laugh because I feel like these two can just have their own spinoff. Yes, um, they should have a webinar. What? Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Like a, a web series. Because you said <laughs> webinar and those things are usually boring stuff. Oh. Work. Okay. So, okay. So one thing that caught my attention, right? Because mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm. thing is their friendship is forbidden. Yes. And they're hanging. And she's all like, what about your aunt? And then he's like, she's out of town again. <laughs> and then it kind of hit me. She's out mm-hmm. of town like a lot. Huh. Okay. What do you think she's up to? I think she could be that person making moves. Maybe. I know she has a good relationship with Carly, but like, and she, she had that arrangement with Sunny with regards to Brad, but I don't know. Does she seriously just not take a shot? I think you're right. Honestly, like she is a woman of power and she needs to, yeah, it's her. You're right. So anyways, that whole thing was so, so fun. And I know this is silly and it's such a minor detail, but like when Britt was calling Mika the bartender, I just kept thinking it's like, I feel like sooner than later, she might start to get integrated into the stories. I hope so too. She's always around. She just, I feel like she is already kind of part of the story. She just doesn't have a whole lot of lines, you know, and she might be the one to comfort somebody when something goes down with the whole Curtis, Portia, ba-ba-ba situation. That's, well, that, that whole thing's going to get super messy. It, it's going to get messy. So, so this is happening, right? Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. We got some fun party times with Brit and Brad. Okay? Yes. Then Carly's at work all sad, and we have a Felix appearance. Love him, and I loved the way he boosted her up and made sure that she was going to have a good time. Well, didn't let her off the hook, right? Because she he looked like he was going to let her go up to her hotel room, but he didn't let that happen. He also mentioned his sister. Yes, who is she? When Felix mentioned his sister, Taylor, part of me was like, did we know that? But then I'm like, we did know that. And then I went to go get a refresher because I'm like, I do remember his sister being part of some storyline, but I cannot believe how long ago, and I cannot believe like which storyline it was. I think she slept with TJ. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my God, I kind of remember this. Yes. I think she came in and caused some trouble. She was like three TJs ago. Yes, exactly. Three TJs ago. Okay, so then when I looked at her picture, I'm like, uh, familiar much. So I believe the actress who played her, Pepe Sanuga, when I was looking at her picture, she looked really familiar. And she's currently uh, playing Muffin on Queens. 
Oh, that's a show I watched. Yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of cool. Blast from the past. And even Johnny when he's watching, he's like, Carly and Felix are friends. <laughs> and, and they were like, there was a time where I do remember them like, you know, chatting a lot more and interacting a lot more. So mm-hmm. there is some truth and some history behind that like interaction. Also, it makes me wonder, right? TJ's with Molly. Yes. They're talking to Jordan. And then Felix mentions Taylor. Ooh, okay, so okay. A lot of people getting thrown in the mix. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of trouble for the Ashford men. That's what I'm thinking is what is going on there. So, okay, so Carly decides to go. And I, when she showed up, whoa. The legs on that woman are spectacular. Her outfit, she looked so hot. And when they walked in, I was like, oh, they're going to, like, hang out. But then I kind of, like, forgot that Felix may be mad at Brad, well, as well as Carly. Yes, yes. Anyways, what did you think? How did you feel about that whole thing? Oh, my God. I feel it was handled so well. Like, I was really happy that Felix pulled, you know, Brad aside and had that conversation because it gave us this glorious moment with Carly and Britt. Like, that was by far a million flipping gold stars, the funniest, the dark humor, the banter, but the shared love and strength and respect for one another was bar none. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they're sitting together. They're, I, I think you you define it really well, right? I think bottom line, there's a lot of respect between the two of them, uh, regardless of the fact that their relationship isn't seamless. Mm-hmm. You know, when you listen to their interactions, they clearly have a lot of people not good in common. Yes. <laughs> right? Uh, and so this, like, the funnest stuff in the world is going on. They're having shots. Carly's having a blast. She's showing her, like, naked fingers here. No yes. wedding ring for her. Meanwhile, you have Nina and Sunny at Charlie's. I wish I could tell you what they were doing, but they were at Charlie's. I, You know what? You said it perfectly because it was just a lot more of the same. When Nina started talking about Carly, or more so Sunny started the conversation about Carly and Nina trying to help, I'm like, can you please get that woman's name out of your mouth? Wash your tongue and stop it. First of all, how do you even get there? Like, I'm just saying. Like, watching them, Sunny's doing that thing he always does, where he yell loves her. (laughs) Where she's like, can I do anything to help you? And can I sleep with you more or less? Just tell me. And then he's like, uh, what did he say to her? And I can't believe I got mad that he said this to Nina because, you know, it's Nina. When he tells her, haven't you done enough? I know. I was, I was pretty like, annoyed with that too. I was like, seriously, everyone and their cousin has done enough but Sonny. Sonny hasn't done anything, but everybody else has, you know, done enough. And then not only that, he has attitude to give her. But then two seconds later, as usual, he suddenly gets comfortable and cozy and they settle together at the bar oh my god yes it's very frustrating but i love that they were at the whole broken heart situation at the bar like he's not even trying like it's just <laughs> baffling to see like you know what i mean like even when they kind of like broke up or things weren't good you know he spends new year's with her and talks to her and has all these secret encounters and doesn't tell carly ever yes i then yes. he's like he sleeps with her and he wants carly back he's like okay well you know I really never wanted her to see us having sex. He always says that. I didn't want her to see. Never says I shouldn't have. Like, I didn't want her to see. And then he decides, like, I still want her back, but let's just hang out some more because I think that'll help me get closer to the thing that I need. 
So yeah, so they're sitting together, like you mentioned, with like the broken hearts um, like event that they had. And there was someone who pointed out something super interesting. Really so, great catch. Yes. So Catherine Mars on Instagram pointed this out. By the way, anyone catch the heart decorations between Sunny and Nina? One literally said, not yours. <laughs> it's so which, beautiful. Yes, right? Which I, th- which I will take as a good sign about their future notwithstanding. So, so that was really, okay, well, that was a lot, right? You know, he, he's having conversations with Nina that he shouldn't really have. And I really was getting confused about their conversation. When Nina starts talking about Carly, like, has she ever done this before? And then I'm like, what does that even mean? Has she ever exactly. filed for divorce after her husband was, like, kidnapped, hostage for, like, nine months, and then came back and then slept with that woman, and then got mad when she saw it, and then called the voice lawyer? It was it was more of the blaming of Carly, just trying to it soothe is. Sunny, and it was so hard to listen to. Like, I, I, I can't with that. And then it was just really weird... This this part I didn't really understand. I had to rewind to kind of catch what they were trying to say. Because she's like, I'm sorry, I'm just playing catch up here. Because it's like, you, you know, I know you guys have a long history. And so basically kind of saying, like, this is what it felt like. It was implied. Like, Carly should get over it. She, her history with you is so much more rich. And mine with you is so minuscule. I don't know why she thinks that's okay, considering when she dated Jax, she didn't like that Jax was giving Carly attention. Or that exactly you know what I mean so and okay so she didn't like when Jax did that with Carly and she also didn't like it when Valentine was prioritizing Anna when they were together yes but here she is being like I don't get like why she's so mad that I had like a secret relationship with you in Nixon Falls or that I've had sexual relations with you that she saw with her eyeballs I don't know why that would bother her because you guys have been together for so long I thought she was a bigger person than that that's what I was waiting for Oh my gosh, it's so gross to hear, but he loves mm-hmm. it. I think he loves the idea. You know what I mean? That somebody yes. still wants him. Yes. And then like, she's all like, exactly like you said, like, let me help. I think Jocelyn said it best, you know, acting all contrite and innocent. So mm-hmm. all of this, like, let me help you. Let me help you. And then she totally changes her tone and is all like, do you regret uh, <laughs> sleeping with me? Like all seductively. Yeah. And then she goes, she goes from like, let me help you get back with Carly to acting all seductive to then acting like a greeting card and I got so confused like at one point she just turns around takes a deep breath and just goes to him and is like I wish you happiness luck and love and I'm like, it was what? so weird I'm like, can you please explain to what's happening and what I thought was the funniest thing in the whole wide world is that Chet walks over to be like to talk to Sunny obviously yes. referencing the fact that like he has a wife and has love and the fact that, like, Sonny decided, right, to, like, because he doesn't seem to like when people say bad things about Nina, right? He doesn't like it when anybody, like, Michael or anyone says anything. And yes. so Chet comes over and he decides, like, I'm not going to be ashamed. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to introduce Nina to my inner circle. Nina, Chet, Chet, Nina. Like, that's how it felt. It felt, like, so hilarious to me. Like, trying to let her in, but not really. And I well, feel like that's symbolic of the kind of circle they will have 
oh my God, bang on. And the funniest part to me was that it's like he looked at him and I don't know if it's like he forgot his line or character wise. Like he's like, oh yeah, you, you, you work for me, right? Like, I know. And then I all kept... of a sudden they were best buddies for the Nina introduction. <laughs> I, I love, I love that he clarified that Valenina's was the gym. Yes. I made it. I put a little asterisk. I'm like, confirm with Mish is the gym. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm sorry. I did not ex- like they're expected to be so funny. You know, like we talk about how amazing it was the scenes between Brit and Carly. Yes. But like Terry's scenes at the <gasps> day were phenomenal. Like the comedy, the lines, how it was all handled. It was so good. It was bang on. Like I follow people online that are single going on dates and it felt pretty accurate as to what I've been reading. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then when he comes over, I mean, like I had nicknamed him already at home, calling him Teal Guy number two, like Chet. And <laughs> yes. then I was like, my mind was blown that he walked up and was like, I'm going to pretend to be your boyfriend. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, how is like the date guy gonna take this, right? He's on a date with a girl and her boyfriend's <laughs> sitting at the bar. I'm like, where is this gonna go? It was so good. I loved how Terry handled herself um, and how she was like making fun of her date, but I love the little sparks between her and Chet. So I feel like we might have like a little side love storyline, a fun one going on. It was the most perfect meet cute because it's like, the it eased their conversation because they just have to kind of like make fun of her bad date and kind of go from there so I thought it was just so on point and so like mini teeny rom-com in the middle of all the chaos it really was and it was so well done and I guess Amy is not guilty of anything no and like you said this was a meet cute and they're on the start of like their own sort of journey so I kind of love that but yeah so like we're going back and forth between like um, the Savoy. I think that's the Savoy at Charlie's, but I think, okay, I'm sorry, but you guys commenting, we're pretty damn funny um, <laughs> this, this week. So we have another person that commented, okay, and, and so, okay, this, I actually, I'm going to have to say this might be one of my favorite lines. So this comes from Allie22M, and she says this. Well, while he's playing half Sunny, half Mike, Brad's aunt is going to take over his business. <laughs> On point. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I thought that was so clever and so funny. And so, yeah, so you're going back and forth between Charlie's and the Savoy, but I mean, like, I was in shock. So we're talking about, like, the comedy coming from, like, the Terry disaster date, okay? Mm -hmm. And then the fact that, the simple fact that you have Brit and Brad together in itself is, like, pure comedy, pure fun. But then to, like, go back and see Brit and Carly trying to stick those hearts on each other's foreheads. (gasps) Yes. It was epically beautiful. It was epic and so we said earlier right they have respect for each other they obviously have a lot of people they don't want in like bad people in common if you will particularly nina like i mean that's a tough one to get around because nina is brit's sister pack well that's what makes it so interesting but and i love how like it was you know cry or more shots tired of fighting let's do shots like it was just such a beautiful way to simplify life Well, for the night, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like, Brit does have some real commitments. You know, Nina, she agreed would be her family. Um, So, (laughs) so, but if you can, like, if you contrast, like, her interactions with Carly, like, look, we both know where they were on Valentine's Day. So I was a little confused 
-hmm. when Nina just shows up with urgency to see Brit about Maxie and kind kind of puts it on her like he's your brother don't you know and I'm like oh what I'm sorry where was all this concern last night like in my head I'm like you guys all know the situation. Like everyone knew the situation. <laughs> the situation hasn't dramatically changed from last night to this morning, but all of a sudden she's running to talk to Britt about Maxie. But in all honesty, it looks like Britt felt she was coming to just sort of chat about Sunny. Well, that's what I love because Ava called her on that too. Like she goes to see people pretending to want to see them and then it goes in a different direction. Yeah, but what was interesting this time right because look when Britt had a hard time with Nina because the decisions she made negatively impacted Britt's life and then we saw how quickly they reconciled um and then we saw like you know close moments between Britt and Carly and then we saw this whole different side about like go for Sunny go for what you want and we were like okay Britt And then all of a sudden, in this conversation with Nina, she, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, that's her family and she'll take her side. But I feel like she could not have made it any more clear. Like, I am really not okay with what you did. It's fine. You do it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, except like you made these choices and that's okay in a way. But it's almost like Nina wants, I don't even know how to explain it. Like Nina wants it to be like, okay, like it's the right thing. But it's not really about the right thing. It's just accepting the choice that you make. Exactly. She wants a hundred percent approval from people. Approval, she wants with she, yeah, she doesn't want any uh repercussions for her actions. She's still in that place where like exactly you worded it perfectly in the sense that like Britt will accept what she did, but she is still she still has a relationship with Carly and that relationship will grow and things with Nina are going to be kind of messy moving forward. It does look like I was watching and it does feel like it will get messy because like I mean again, the bond she had with Carly and then not only did she kind of like, I feel poke at Nina, um, but then she sort of kept warning her that Carly would get her. Exactly. And then Nina's face turned like it always does. She went from calm and normal, well, not normal, but like just calm and, you know, trying to be logical about the situation. And then the mention of Carly's name, she's like, well, I'm ready for a war or whatever the heck she said. Yeah, whatever. Like, I'm just, I'm just like so bummed. And so then, okay, so Carly has her meeting with the lawyer. Yes, that lawyer. I was really thrown off. I thought it was going to be Diane. Oh, I didn't think so because of the conversation she had with Diane a while back. Right. About like, try to ask me, I'm on retainer for sort of like the two of you. So, okay, loving that this person is a shark. What do you think about the fact that the lawyer wanted to record the conversation? I thought it was a bit excessive and I just didn't understand the purpose of it. Like the goal of what she was trying to get at. Because she said in case, like, so we don't have any misunderstandings, but I thought, like, would you not remember this conversation? (laughs) And and at the same time, when you record meetings, like, it takes so much longer to have to go back over it. You know, that also takes time. All I'll say is that I'm not a lawyer, felt weird, but turns out you and I have one on retainer. We got an expert opinion here, okay? So SDG Jr., who happens to be a divorce attorney, said that she would, like, in no way in hell she would ever record a conversation with a potential client. I love that we had an expert. I'm geeking out a little. (laughs) I know. I loved, loved having it. And also she brings up another point. She thought it was weird because it's like, Carly was, you know, married to a mob boss, was a mob boss that she feels is bizarre that Carly would have 
would kind of allow the recording. Well, that too, the whole situation was weird. The fact that like, will a divorce affect Carly's well-being for her future? Like the whole situation where she had to marry Jason. Like, how does this really work yes. now? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm so annoyed that I can't remember the person who said that, but somebody did comment bringing up that exact point. The whole idea that she had to marry Jason to not be murdered. Right? So I, I don't know. I guess that's no longer a factor. But it was interesting, right? So Carly was just saying, like, I want I want it to be smooth. I want it mm-hmm. just to be a fast divorce. And I don't want it to be messy. That lawyer, I don't know. I feel like she wouldn't she wasn't willing to take it on if she couldn't go for the jugular. Get, <laughs> right. Okay. But then I, I was so happy because while Nina's trying to tell Brit, like, I'm ready. Carly's <laughs> like, you know, I want you to take her down. I want you to drag her through the mud. So I really I'm excited for that. Because I feel like the tides are turning, right? A little bit. Like Carly's getting her power back now that she sort of pushed Sunny away. And it's like, no thanks. Absolutely. And we also, you know, this will bring to a head, I feel, another kind of underlying story with the whole Nina and Willow. Like there's so many people looking for this information, but Carly has a heck of a lawyer that's going to be doing some digging about <gasps> Nina. Digging. Mm. So you think the lawyer? Okay, okay. This is a question. So right now mm-hmm, you're proposing mm-hmm. the lawyer might be the one to find the connection, a connection between Willow and Nina. Yes, because if she's digging for all the dirt, and you know, Harmony is really keeping her lips like sealed tight. How else are we going to find this information? We are no longer following the necklace DNA. I have something. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I have I have one idea. Okay. So. Okay, so remember, um, there, there was a question, like, how would somebody come across this information? Remember when Harmony went in to see Alexis, a reporter walked out, upset yeah. at Alexis, but also a reporter who loved the juicy gossip type stuff? Oh, Lordy, yes, yes. Right, the stuff Alexis won't publish? Mm-hmm. I kind of wondered if that reporter would somehow get a whiff of this, because if he's going to go deep following this whole like Sunny Nina Carly thing, because if the divorce happens, it might be like a public divorce, something that plays out in the media. So if that reporter, you know, like he told like Alexis, you know, welcomed him to do go on and do this story elsewhere. We're not printing it. So if that reporter starts to dig. Mm. And then it gets splashed everywhere. Oh my lord. Maybe, you know, like it's just the fact that he crossed paths with Harmony. So, you know, Willow. So this is interesting because she loses her birth certificate and she's like, Mommy, mommy, can you did you find your copy? (laughs) Meanwhile, Michael is talking to the (laughs) department. I'm like, like, does it to me it just felt a little irrelevant whether or not Harmony could find the paper. And even when, like, they get that bizarre news, like, I don't exist, and it's like, <laughs> you do, but, like, I mean, you're here. But I guess, if you put it that way, you don't exist. But even at that point, she's like, oh, it's just the paper my mom has. And I'm like, but don't you get it? Even exactly. if your mom has the paper, you don't exist to them. Well, that's it doesn't the funny matter. Part. Like, does she not understand how that works? <laughs> I don't think so. So now she's like, mm, my mom might, ha- might be hiding something. Um, okay, so it's something I just want to point out to you. Yes. When she's talking with Michael, they, they get into like a really tiny little moment of like, well, you grew up with two stable, loving families. Yes. Okay, so they're, they're wrote, written down, like they're just identifying their different worldviews, really highlighting, you know, the background Willow came from. 
Okay. Cause again, mm-hmm. that's reflected in the conversation with Nina later on. Um, and I think at the end of the day, like they are planting a massive wedge between Michael and Willow, right? Like even when she's all sad, you know, like she's all weird about like money, but she's like, I'm so excited to go to Paris <laughs> with you. Um, and then she said, like, she said something like, it would have been nice, something about like bringing us closer together, mm-hmm. like to be just them too drama free or something like that. And in my head, like to get away from everything. And in my head, I'm thinking, this is so reminiscent of Nina and Sunny, this idea that to make it work and for us to be close, we need to like be away from everybody. Ooh, okay. That right? is a really good point. And then what you're saying about family comparisons, she mentioned, you know, the stability and look at hers. Like she has harmony, unstable, Nina, unstable life. Like it's a very, very interesting comparison. And so, okay, so then, like, Alexis is trying to get the truth out of Harmony, and then everything comes out. Like, it was a bombshell revelation to find out that Jones (laughs) Joan! Joan. Joan, Nina. Nina Jones. Cat's out of the bag. It's Joan. And then, not long after, she finds Joan, and they have a heart-to-heart. And it's what drove me nuts about Nina is that she sees Willow and the first thing she says is, oh my God, is Wiley okay? And I'm like, what on earth about this woman's body language would lead you to right? believe that somebody's not okay? She doesn't have a child beside her. She seems all fine. Plus she freaking works at the hospital. Like, what are you doing there? You're constantly at the hospital. Are you unwell? We all know the answer, <laughs> but are you unwell? So like, I was so annoyed at that. But then it was like, Oh, how nice. It turned into like some massive bonding time that Willow gave simultaneously while Michael and Joss are commiserating about Nina. Those scenes were like parallel. And like, I just find it weird. Like you said, the contrast between Michael and Joss's conversation and Willow and Nina's like they're getting closer and closer together. And Willow is very blinded for some, well, we know why, but her who Nina is and her decisions and how she's acting and how it affects Michael and his whole entire family and Joss and everything. Honestly, I don't know what to think. You know, I, I, you know, for her, it's like, she's trying to put Wiley first and she doesn't, you know, want to facilitate like a war between Nina and the family. But I don't know. I don't find that there's much like respect being placed on what Nina actually did. Like at the end of the day, like, I don't know that happened to your like your your partner it doesn't bug you at all because it doesn't seem to truly affect her because it didn't happen to her or maybe too much has happened to her that she doesn't care Ooh, both of those are really good Ugh, okay so um it finally happened mm-hmm. it was epic mm-hmm. all the things oh, were yeah. said to sunny's face hole and michael did <laughs> a beautiful beautiful job just running down all the basic facts right it was sort of like the funniest reality check like Sonny launches one and michael's like no that's crazy town. Like, <laughs> he's like it's complicated no she held you hostage you know like <laughs> i didn't mean to hurt your mom what did you think she would feel like if you did this like he, it was so good because it felt like the audience as well as yes the family members who wish they could have said all these things to Sonny. Like it just, it was so pointed and perfect. And he didn't let him for a second, like Carly 
maybe because she felt guilty for missing out on time or him being gone and them just constantly wanting to fix things. She said it in certain ways, but when Michael said it as a son to his father was like, wow, thank you. It, it was so poignant. It was so spot on. It was so direct. And it's exactly that. No one really felt permitted to confront Sonny, especially mm-hmm. after coming back from the dead and asking for peace. And he didn't really <laughs> like they just weren't on the same page. And you can tell. But the thing is, Sonny has done things. And I feel like it's changed the situation. And people really now feel that they can let out the anger or maybe the emotions they didn't identify as anger out I mean I think they knew that they were mad about the whole thing but it's just that there's now space to let it out I loved a lot of what he said about how he pushed past his vows and didn't yes Uh, (laughs) I loved when he called him on the fact that like one ultimatums aren't romantic I love he pointed out her not showing up doesn't give you the permission to do that kind of thing like I I just loved it I loved it like he had every last word available to him like even when Sonny was like you know what I can't win this so this is between you and your mom like, Alina. <laughs> exactly it was amazing even the wrap-up was amazing and even Sonny's like confused face like since he's been back all he's been doing is just whining right like yes, and, and since he's been back like especially with his his relationship with Michael he's lost a lot of power there He's lost oh, a yeah. lot. Like, if you go back to the interaction they had in um, Carly's office, right? So this mm-hmm. was about Brad's parole. And Sonny was quite shocked that he didn't seem to have power over Michael or control that he once did. And I remember when Michael left, you know, Carly was trying to explain, like, you've been gone for a long time. Things have changed. He's a father. Like, just like a bunch of things. So I feel like it really solidified, like, the zero power he has with Michael like things have dramatically changed exactly so I loved it it was like gold star moment I, absolutely not only, not only that like I mean yes we referred him as a mama's boy here and there but like I mean it today like in the best way like the fact that he gave his mom a heads up that Sonny was coming up to see her mm-hmm. I love that I like that's the thing like in that scene yes he can be a little bit of a mama's boy but I felt like based on what you just said too it's showing him that he's Sonny's equal, that he is no longer this little child, that he is going to protect the people he loves in a way that Sonny used to, but no longer does anymore. Like Michael's ranking yeah. went up. Yeah. Like they're not equals. I feel like he's definitely above, like you said. And I can't tell you how much I love the Joss Carly interactions. And I mean, look, Carly's doing her best not to get the kids involved, right? Like yeah. Michael didn't know what happened. She wouldn't tell him. She didn't tell Joss, but Joss kind of figured it out. Oh my gosh. So when Joss mm-hmm. tells Carly what happened at the cabin, oh, and and then she gets she makes that comment about Esme, like she act like like this girl invented sex. Carly's yeah. eyeballs, like this. She doesn't say anything, but the mm-hmm. subtle bomb eyeballs totally killed me <laughs> killed amazing. me and then it was so it was so interesting and fascinating to watch the conversation between Joss and, and Carly particularly when she starts describing the dynamic between Esme and Spencer yes because like we're like oh she's like really psycho like definitely right like her obsession with Ryan but like when when she said it I was like whoa because it's like of course it sounds ultra familiar right it sounds exactly like the dynamic between Sunny and Nina. Yes, yes, it does. Oh my god. Right? Okay. 
Okay, so the so when Sonny burst in, I love it when he's like, if looks can kill. It's like, well, what did you think? Like, how did you think these people would feel? Right? That that you did what you did because Joss mourned you too. Um, and also she had a relationship with Mina and was definitely betrayed by all of this, right? Joss was so close. She was in Nixon Falls. Exactly. Oh my dear. So what bugs me about Sonny, he shows up, he's like, You're making a big mistake. Again, he didn't say anything. He didn't say yeah. stuff like you might die, mob stuff, it's still a thing. <laughs> he didn't say any of that. And when he I, I loved Carly just trusting herself. Yes. Um and it's like look, the woman doesn't want her marriage to end, but he's not the same person, right? Like I just like for the millionth time, she knows he can't just turn off his feelings for Nina. And she said, I don't want to be around to see it, but that was not the deal breaker. It was his actions. It was the fact that he was lying to himself and couldn't admit that he was confused and couldn't make a decision to be like, I have feelings for her, but I'm going to choose this and I won't act on them. And I'm going to try to like do all this stuff necessary to move past these feelings. Maybe things like don't have secret interactions with Nina. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so he didn't, he didn't do those things. So I, I really loved it when she called him on it and said, don't call me your wife. You don't treat me like a wife. That was, oh yeah, an amazing line. Perfect. It was amazing. And what bugged me a lot was like Sonny when he's like, well, I want to know what happens next. No kidding. You're always pressed for time. Like, are you joking right now? You're going to come to her room because you want to know more. And now you have a different timeline and a different expectation. Like seriously. And even when he was at the bar with Charlie's talking to Nina and he's all like, you know, I, I can't believe he's telling Nina this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like um, if Carly files for divorce, like, I mean, it's over. It's like, duh. That's what Duh, that's exactly, exactly <laughs> freaking a message, man. And even like during that conversation, like, what do you want? Like you're talking crap about, you know, your marriage, your wife. And then, and then, he, then you have the nerve to tell Nina, oh, it's not a competition. And then Nina's like, isn't it though? And I'm like, um, <laughs> not really. Like you win, take him, have fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like take him and go. It's hard because he's constantly trying to struggle to find control, but the way that it comes out is just absolutely awful. It's like if you think this is winning, I, I'm dying to see this. Like in my head, I'm like, she can't think more than five steps ahead. Like you sat there. Yes, you have a connection with him now. And you even make reference to her long history. Jax's history with Carly wasn't even near this. Right? right? You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I'm just laughing. Like, it's just a, a cycle with her and the men that she's been with, you know? She wants to be prioritized. And this is the epitome, the opposite of being prioritized. <laughs> oh, oh, I man. just want to see them right off into the sunset and, like, give me a week apiece. So another thing that annoyed me, okay? Um, I'm just going to say it, but then I'll backtrack to, like, the beginning. But, like, when Nina just happened to be at a really pivotal moment following Brooklyn, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so just going back, you know, you have, like, oh, I, I, I don't know, like, I can't even imagine the stress, you know, of Brooklyn in that moment, right? And I don't know about you, but I was so upset. I was so upset when I understood that the whole, that they were just basically counting down to hand her over, pointing out to, like, Felicia and Mac, like, we're going to hand her over. And they're, she's just going to start sleeping there now. I was like, what is happening? That in itself right? was making me really, really upset. Because it's like, we saw, right? We saw Maxie kind of make these informal arrangements in her mind to Peter, right? Yes. So we saw her be like, I want Louise to be with Brooklyn. So we saw that. Yes. And like, 
obviously Felicia and Mac have the right to be so excited that their granddaughter and to want to be with her, right? Because they're grandparents and they take care of their other grandkids on the regular and their daughter is missing, right? And this is one way to kind of like have that happiness. But the fact that like no one took into consideration, they get it. They're ecstatic. There's a lot going on. But the fact that you guys are happy to find out that Bailey is Louise, but Louise is Bailey, right? Right. She has one mom. And if you think about that scene, like not even long before all of this went down, when Maxie even had to confront that reality, that trying to confront, to comfort, you know, Bailey wasn't working. Because even she knows, you know, like Brooklyn is Bailey's mom. And I do believe that if Maxie was there, her and Brooklyn would have come up with the best transition plan. Like, that's what I believe, because in that moment, it was hard for Maxie, but she knew what was happening. And this woman continues to sacrifice and make the best decisions that she can for her kids. So already I was feeling edgy and maybe I was just feeling the emotions, right, of like Brooklyn, of letting it go. But it was beautiful when Olivia and Ned stopped by. Like, honestly, I was in tears between, you know, Olivia saying it feels like a goodbye taking the family photos, you know, Ned, them saying like that they make a good couple, Ned just kind of giving chases, blessing, like the whole thing was just, it was, it was heavy. It was very heavy. It was very heavy. And like, it's subtle, right? Because Brooklyn is holding everything in, but you can see all the anguish that you cannot help but be emotional and tear up when you're watching her. And just the fact that she's, she's trying to like, it's like she, she's trying to assume that same role, right? Testing it out, being like, I because she thinks everybody still sees her that way. Yes, exactly. And so she's just like, you know, could you really imagine it? And just the significance of when they looked at her, taking her seriously and being like, yeah. And welcoming Chase into the family. Mm-hmm. You know, and nudging back, even Olivia pointing <laughs> out that like, hello, um, you're together basically. And just, again, the photos. And again, j- Ned, right? Just basically telling Louise, your family, like no matter what. Like this child has so much family and so many people that care about her. It's which is so beautiful. Like I loved all of that. Like, and I love the family portrait with like those moments of Chase looking and Brooklyn looking away, and then the opposite of them looking together. I was like, oh my god, they love oh each other so hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where he was staring at her, I was like, oh my mm-hmm. god, this is the best. So about like you know what I said, everybody loving Louise. So I posted um, a, a blog post. Yes. Just pointing out the commonality I find between Louise and Michael. That they're like everybody's kid. I love that. Yes, there's a community. There's a village. There's a lot of people on their side. And powerful families, too. Yes, because Louise has the Quartermains, right? The Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Like, Valentine will do anything for that child. So you yes. have the Cassidines. You have the Quartermains. And you also have, like, Chase, Chase's family, right? Like, Finn. I mean, they didn't get to know her as well. But, like, they love her. Violet loves her. You have Elizabeth, yeah. who knows this baby. You have Finn, who knows this baby. Um, you have, obviously, Mac, Felicia, Anna. Like, all of that. You have, like, the Obrecht family. The Faison connection. Like, there's, there's an insane amount of people that are connected and care so much about Louise. Absolutely. So, we know, you know, their paths will cross many times. And, Oh my God, when Brooklyn had to bring the baby to Felicia at the hospital, that was awful. It was the worst thing. Like when they walked out of the door, because she's trying to be brave, right? She's taking the baby from the dad saying we have to, you know, we're on the clock. And I just have to say, like, I appreciated the private conversation 
with Ned and Olivia, the way that she's like, we're going to have to be that we're going to be there for your daughter when she needs like just acknowledging how hard it was and acknowledging that Brooklyn is like pushing through it, like putting on a brave face. And it was brutal. Like, I don't know about you. It's just, I understand once again, Felicia is excited, but we talked Mm. about this, right? Yes. The sacrifice (laughs) Maxine Hay that Brooklyn made and when Mm. she's trying to stick her head in it, it's like she's trying to do right, but it felt intrusive. But again, it's because we know the truth when we're watching. But it yes. does foster a frustration. And I cannot tell you how <laughs> I, I was very angry. I was very angry watching that, you know, like Felicia's so bubbly for the situation. Right? She's happy to have her granddaughter, but it really felt like in that moment, not one ounce of her realized how hard this was for Brooklyn, that she's a stranger to Louise. Yes. That Louise responds to Bailey, that Brooklyn is her mother, that Maxie's sacrifice, right? Like, it, like that's what bothered me too, is that I get it. She was caught up in the moment, but I felt like it negated everything Maxie had set in motion. Well, they're really hammering home that whole who Felicia is as a mother. <laughs> and it's been a few mm-hmm. weeks now. And it's, and it's really hard to wrap my head around because she's been off the landscape for quite some time. And when she came in, she came in pretty damn hot. And she did realize in time she that did. the baby would be better placed with Brooklyn. But yes, in that specific scene, I felt like she wasn't listening to all the instructions Brooklyn was giving. She didn't feel she wasn't see the pain in Brooklyn's no. eyes. Yeah, like at best, what we got was with like again, still a smile on her face. Yeah, you should see she's okay. Like she she said thank you, right? She's like thank you, <laughs> you did. She like half half got it right like right? oh my god you've been taking care of my grandbaby gimme gimme now and I was actually surprised and happy that it happened so fast because I was very scared I was so upset and honestly maybe I was just embodying like the Brooklyn vibes and how hard it was and how we've fallen in love with that family too and so when I was I was happy right I was to me I was like it was almost like okay all this right with the world like they're getting it now they're getting it that this is hard for Louise to just be taken away from her mother. Because it's not even like Maxie came and took her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was exactly. like, why is nobody understanding this? And you know what got me even more? Mm-hmm. Was today. How, in, like, Mac is in the hospital. Yes. Okay? Felicia's at his bedside. And then at the first call to adventure, and I know it's her daughter, but yes. let's be real. <laughs> okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. she was like book a flight for me and I'm like and how would this have worked if you had Louise because I don't think it would have made a difference right and that's what's really hard because she gets like one point and then she like gets minus 20 the next second <laughs> like you know like she was crying obviously she was really emotional today being like I'm a stranger to her and like I was like, you've been a stranger to your own kids. Like, now you're like, I want to be around Louise. I want her to know me. And I'm like, but you, like, left your kids for, like, adventure and because you were, like, the Aztec princess. Like, I don't fully get it, but there was something about that. Honestly, like, I just hope that moving forward they, they find a way because every decision she's making is very selfish. She's not thinking about anybody but herself. And with Mac you know, being shot with Maxie coming back and is going to need support. I just, maybe they're giving a little bit more attention to her character and we're going to see a switch because I don't know how much more I can handle of this. <laughs> you know what? I, I agree because they, they are highlighting this, right? Mm-hmm. Peter confronted her with her path and things have been good for a really long time, right? Water under the bridge. Yes. 
but this is really interesting. We're confronted with, with this reality that her daughter, Maxie, that she has reconciled with, has now done something incredibly selfless. Yes. Tortured herself and sacrificed for her child in a way that Felicia didn't really, like she didn't really abandon her kids because it was best for them. Exactly. She did it because it was best for her. So I, I do agree with you. I think this definitely brings a lot of that to the surface. And while Maxie has moved on and she's so focused on her life and her family and her kids, it's doing something to Felicia. Oh yeah, big time. So today, today, super Maxie. Oh my God, yeah, love her. <laughs> so when Johnny walked in and saw a little bit and was like, where are they? And I said, Switzerland. And he says, so they drove there because they were in the car. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even like, it didn't hit me right away. But yeah, that was, an, that was amazing, right? So she's in Switzerland. She's in a car. Oh, this was it. This is the thing I want to tell you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, you know, when like Peter starts to give his little sob story. Yes. About the <gasps> like boarding school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't that sound familiar? Okay, like I have goosebumps because I think you know. I think I know what you're seeing. <laughs> do I think you know? You think like I do scared, lots right? of thinking. Yes. Okay. Right? Because right? I'm like that. Wait, 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 wait. I feel like I just heard a boarding school sob story <laughs> where the parents didn't care and they had to stay on holiday by themselves. So that was striking. Um, yes. I loved <laughs> they were in the car together. And Peter's like, and at this point, you know what I mean? Like, Maxie's done her her thing, right? She's, like, sent some kind of SOS. Yes. Um, apparently, whenever you're in danger, leave Anna's number around. Because Valentine did it. <laughs> she did it. And <clears throat> he's like, like uh, till death do us part. And I'm like, that's the plan, man. That's right. <laughs> till death do you apart from Maxie. So, okay. So, I have to say this. All right. Okay. So... <laughs> Today we spent some time with Anna, um, where she like questioned her abilities. Yeah. Um, and look, I have to admit, it's fair. It's fair to for Finn to have said to her, "Your instinct have saved many lives." Sure. I think that's a fair comment. Not mm -hmm. as of late. Okay? <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> but what killed me is that Anna gets the call, right? Gets yes. the call. This woman is like, hey, I'm in Switzerland. <laughs> I see a help message. And, okay, also we need to, like, commend this good Samaritan who made an international call, right? <laughs> yes. Made an international call. Accepted the charges and did this <laughs> to help somebody in need. Made a phone so call. She, Nowadays you just text. She so call. She calls. She calls this Anna in the U.S. of A. And says, you know, I, I somebody needs help. I don't know how many different people could have needed help. And then she's like, they left an earring. So that wasn't enough for Anna. She needed a picture of the earring. And multiple <laughs> times she had to confirm that the earring matched the earring found in Bailey's like thingy. Visual forensics. And she said it twice. She's like, this is the same earring. This is definitely Maxie. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you are a good spy. <laughs> And I don't really know who is employing Anna. Like, does anyone really know? Because every now and again, <laughs> she I feel like it's implied that she's not working for the Bureau, but then, like, she works for the Bureau, and then, like, she has access. And then, like, every now and again, she just assembles her own team. 
you know, like Chase, come with your gun to pick up a baby from the fire station. And then it's like Drew's there. I don't know what Drew does, but she's like, you're coming with me. And 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 Sam, do some work with Victor. Yeah. <laughs> Who's paying for all this stuff? Like, exactly. Like, who is financing your ideas? Like, what? Like, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Um, I love it, it though. I do. It makes me laugh um, a lot. So I also it made me laugh so so much. So mm-hmm. much. So Drew and Sam are on the pier, just hanging out, chilling. Just hanging out. Um, he's all like, "Let's see if there's anything the police missed." And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, did I step into an awkward moment? And I'm like, come on, Sam, it's the PCPD. Like, right. you had to, to help, them, help them. So then Victor shows up, funny things ensue. But I love how he, like, <laughs> Sam's behind him. And he pulls out the car and he's like. I know. He whispers, like, you're active. <laughs> <laughs> Is it working? <laughs> anything in there? <laughs> I'm just, like, dying. dying My secrets hard. are in your brain. <laughs> And, and like Drew knows what he's trying to do, right? Yes. Because he knows that cars involved and he like sends Sam off. And it was the best thing. It was the best thing to have witnessed that. It was beautiful. Like I just thought it was so funny. Like, even though Victor's such a he's like a funny, weird bad guy. <laughs> he's super enjoyable. But I'm really curious to see what his life's work is. Like, if it's not switching brains. So you're telling me all of this is because, like, he knows where some, like, treasure is? Right? Is it like a... Right? And they brought back that whole princess gem diamond. Ice princess. What is it called? Yeah. So, like, there's the ice princess. You know, but the thing is, like, let's remember. Like, Victor was behind, like, this clinic and crazy, like, scientific experiments. and, Mm -hmm. And, like, brainwashing. And he's, like... Did you use humans as hu- USB files? Like, did you? <laughs> is, is that what... More storage, more storage. Because, like, I'm kind of confused. Like, he knows information about, like, something, a secret location of a secret. And I'm like, did you go through all that trouble just to hide secrets in people? Like, you couldn't have written that down somewhere. <laughs> Extra security. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about all that. I feel like it's fair that everyone blames Austin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I feel like I answered my own question when I realized that he did what he did out of revenge. He sure did. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. We're going to blame Austin. But I love how they started warning him about Obrecht. And at this point, he's we, we've already seen what's happened, right? He showed up with the syringe. Obrecht's there and you're like oh my gosh and I love the comedy element where they're like don't get involved with Obrecht and then during that conversation of all the warnings you're like oh they were working together like that was a whole point because I didn't even think that far right I was oh, so I didn't excited. catch that either <laughs> are you serious <laughs> like it makes more sense now <laughs> yeah the Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Anyways, so I was, I just felt like it was a double gift, right? We get the Brad yes. Britt pairing, and then we got like Franco Austin and Obrecht pairing together. But when Austin left the room, mm-hmm. I did get kind of weirded out by like the friendliness between. Right. But then I just realized it's just him being creepy and thinking that like her holding a gun at him and saving him is really saving him and that it's not really about Maxie. But they had the best conversation, I believe, in soap opera history. Right? Um, I I posted it as a post, but it was the best banter, um, I think, ever. 
they're amazing. I love their scene together. They're freaking hilarious because they're all dark and weird and twisty and funny. Exactly. Okay. And so then that was good. And then it was good when you finally saw Obrecht and Austin together. And I liked how quick things are circling, um, especially with Laura and Victor, right? Because Laura is putting things together and stumbling upon this information. It's making sense of like, you know, Victor's connection to like Peter and now Laura's making that connection between Victor and Drew that there's something he wants from Drew. So at least yes. that is sort of becoming known. I like that. I like that she's in the middle of all the story. She knows a little bit of everything that's going on. So Laura yes. for the win. Exactly. And so going back to Esme for a little bit, I just kind of want to highlight this. Mm-hmm. Um, who gets conjugal visits for their boyfriend for a one month stay? like I can't I can't with her with the picture talking to the guard trying to okay (laughs) how did Spencer not know why she was volunteering and who she was seeing he doesn't care (laughs) okay fair fair you went did you did you notice like did you notice that like whenever she talks like ever since the car ride back from the cabin yes Mm -hmm. whenever she talks like he doesn't even hide the contempt on his face nope is gone <laughs> and and she just sort of reiterates like we're together forever and he's like i guess uh-huh, uh-huh. what no because you made the contrast of like peter and maxi running away because of like her bad thing so is she gonna kidnap spencer because i always thought it was going to be about trina but is it going to be about putting spencer in danger i mean she's obsessed with him so maybe who knows all right let's go but do you think there's an Esme Peter connection? I know they're really making it like a Ryan connection, but I guess I just wondered because of how familiar the story was. I think they're also just creating these lines to people who have done some really messed up stuff. So she's associated with those people mentally. Like, you know, the Temple. Oh, like Peter, Peter and and Ryan. Yes. So Elizabeth. So now, once again, constant mention of her being tired. Yes. More mentions. When- taking on shifts. But now we have, like, the introduction of, like, an actual person who could be doing it. It's not really far-fetched to think Franco's mom might do something a little cuckoo. Which makes me feel a little bit better that they're throwing Mm -hmm. a wrench into the situation. So I really like this whole Elizabeth mystery because we literally get, like, tiny little nuggets each week. We don't get very much. We get, like, five minutes. We get that she's tired. We get these little snippets. And it's just this really kind of underlying exciting story. I think I'm a lot more convinced at this point that um, it is somebody else, especially with that door closing. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I go back and forth. I go back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, me too, me too. (laughs) Um, One scene that I absolutely loved was with Laura and Trina because I loved how confused Trina was by getting that call from Laura to come over. Like, I would also feel like it's an urgent situation. Is Spencer okay? And then... When Trina got the gift, I was like, wow. So he got Esme some, like, crappy flowers is the way I'm going to say it. (laughs) And then Trina was just so in awe about the fact that he remembered this wonderful book that she'd wanted and she had mentioned a long time ago. And then the whole Laura just, I love Laura's face when she's just, like, loving a situation. You know, she's just saying, like, oh, Trina, you're such a good friend. And, like, she's trying to pick 
but not pick too much and ask questions, but not too pointed to figure out a sense of like where things stand with Trina and Spencer. <laughs> like you, you said it right. Laura's face, like, oh, if I'm pushing and it's just so expressive. And there was just something special. Like when I think of this moment, I know it's weird, but like I flash back to like maybe graduation time, even mm -hmm. before that, like ages ago when Laura somehow would be connected to like Joss, Cam and Trina, like she would see them at Charlie's, she would see them at graduation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like it wasn't much, right? There were just these like one-off situations, but there was just something so special about it. And it's so cool to like fast forward all this time later and to watch her have these more in-depth connections with the teams. I love it. It was so incredible. And obviously my heart She's in the center. Stopped. She's the she, center. She is the center. She's the heart of everything. And then the door flipping opens and there's Esme. And I love her face though. when she's like, Trina's just, you're just everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I was happy that someone caught that because I finally, she's like that all the time with, with the teens. And it's like, it's obvious to anybody what she's doing. But the teens, like, I mean, the girls know what she's doing, but there's not much of a reaction. So I like that, like that was seen. Me too, that Laura, I mean, Laura was complaining about her and she obviously has a sense. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she has a sense of who she is. But yes, I really love that she witnessed something. Me too. Because God forbid something goes awry, Laura will know who to get. Yes, exactly that. She has all this little information that allows her to like really put the pieces together. Okay, I think we covered all of the things from Monday to Thursday. Holy Toledo, that was a lot of stuff. Yes. Do you have stars to give out or favorite lines? Uh, my favorite lines are like favorite dialogues, favorite scenes. So basically everything Michael said to Sunny. And frankly, yes. I'm like, and I said it last time, but I'm even more <laughs> convinced about the Stockholm syndrome, especially with like Michael even seeing it that way, being like, she held you hostage. You're in love with your captor. So I love that. <laughs> um, I love the dialogue between Obrecht and Victor and their little twisted scene. And my yes. favorite line literally comes from that comment about, I love it. I love referring to Sunny as half Sunny, half Mike. I love it. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go with some stars here. So Britt and Carly, obviously mm -hmm. Maxi star and a star for Brooklyn and the Michael and Sunny scene. I totally agree with you. Yes. And for my favorite lines, there's some cuties happening. So from Felix, he said, save your soul, search him for church. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the whole Ulrich, uh, Victor, Austin scene where I was like, why do I need you when I could do both backwards <gasps> and in heels? Yes. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You've got it. That was really good. I love, okay. Austin was freaking amazing because they're listening to Victor all day long. And he's like, Victor for being diabolical is mundane. <laughs> God, those are some really, really good lines. And there was another Austin one when they're having a conversation with um, Brit, I believe. And Austin's like, I'm not a shenaniganist and I'm not one to compete. <gasps> Oh, another Austin one. Okay, so when Obrick and Austin and Laura kind of walks in, mm -hmm. he's like, oh, it's just like normal day-to-day -day bickering, whispering conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, also just a quick mention, the Sasha. So we got a voiceover, everybody. Points for GH for giving us that voiceover. But that's her real-life sister. I did not know that. That is so cool. It makes it even cooler. Voices sound the same. Like, I, it sounded really similar. Because at one point, I wasn't looking and I was listening. I heard the voiceover. I knew it was her sister. But when I was listening, it had, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it does sound like Sasha. 
Oh my God, I'll have to rewatch those scenes. Okay, people, we did the thing. We did the Monday to the Thursday. You'll hear from us again to be continued. Hello. Um, Hello. Here we are again. So as you could tell, <laughs> um, all the we all the days are in today's podcast. <laughs> so we fit it in <laughs> Monday to Friday by our normal time. Okay. So picking up from yesterday, a lot going on today. Um, but let's start with some romantical things. Yes. So we have like Nicholas, um, who is trying to recite. That's so Nicholas, isn't it? Trying yes. to be romantic, trying to like recite <laughs> some poetry and he can't do it. <laughs> like, can't get just... it out. <laughs> no, but okay. So I just, this is what I find funny. It's like, you know, it's sweet. He can't stop flirting with Ava. Mm-hmm. But he's like a teenage boy because even on Valentine's Day when she's trying to like express her raw feelings and she can really be herself <laughs> with him. What did he say to her? He said something you can feel free to strip bare anytime when she's trying <laughs> to. I was just like, wow, man. Wow. Um, but they really uh, wrapped up Valentine's wink, wink. Oh, they sure did. And I love the way he presented that gift that it was about trust. What? Yeah, so I saw the gift and I was just, it took me a sec when the scene came to be like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, uh, oh, okay, all right, I'll, I'll leave you to it and uh, move on to another scene. Uh, but when she sort mm-hmm. of explained the idea that they gave me crumbs and how much I had to hold in when it came to her daughter, understand Ava's perspective a little better on Carly. It was how she started the conversation by saying we're in a better place, her and Carly. Oh, my God. And I totally thought about you and all the conversations we've had about that. And the thing is, I think that, you know, I've always, with everything happening with Nina and her relationship in the past with Carly, it's very hard to figure out where she lies. But like everybody in Nina's world, you know, two truths can be true. (laughs) Two things can be true at the same time. So Ava does want her relationship, from what I got from that conversation, is she wants her relationship with Carly to continue to develop. But it is really hard for her to forget what has happened to her. And the same thing for Carly. I mean, it's really hard to forget all the crappy things that Ava has done. But they've forged away the same way that Carly's forging away with Brit. I really, really loved that she said all of those things, but she had that moment of, like, teenage glee. (laughs) And that's the thing. Like, when I heard her talk, I can't really blame her for feeling that way. And I mean, how long does one person pay for their sins? Mind you, it was bad, but still she has changed. And that's also true. Um, but in talking to you, I did realize something, you know, because for Ava, a lot of this revolved around, you know, custody of Avery and how that felt for her. And I just mm-hmm. kept thinking, like, they got along best when Sunny was out of the picture. Because yes. even when the power was just not really a thing anymore, right? Legally, Avery belonged to Ava, right? Ava had full custody of her daughter. And with that kind of settled, there continued to be, you know, an amicable relationship that didn't really need to happen, right? That's but true. it did. Mm-hmm. And so now with the whole divorce, I mean, the reality is, and, and I don't think this stops being true, is that Ava knows that Avery has a relationship with Carly. And so that'll continue to be, but there is no going to be a power struggle. Right. Because the whole issue with Avery will really be about Sunny. It really won't be about Carly anymore. If it's with Carly, it's really just about what Ava's willing to give and do. Exactly. Which is going to solidify their relationship. Even It'll further change. She, yes. 
it'll change the dynamic. But again, I, I want to see certain things come to a head because a lot of things are coming to a head slowly with regards to this storyline, like the angles. Oh my God, totally. But what's interesting and what I love about Ava and that is really interesting is that her, she lives in the gray area. Like we talk often, yeah. about, you know, the black and the white. So hearing her speak about Carly that way, about the relationship, hearing her kind of in cahoots with Laura and Nicholas trying to yes. figure out the best way to use this whole Victor situation now that they know who he is. And I like that part of her because she's not really a bad guy and she's not really a good guy. She lives somewhere in the middle where she sees the truth and knows how to use it best. Well, yeah, because she, because Laura and Nicholas, you could see were really adamant about what Victor's trying to do. Like we don't want him to ingratiate himself or that whole thing about the family. Yes. But Ava could see the truth in a lot of it, right? You can see that he gets to her when he talked about Spencer, you yes. know, that she sort of understood certain things. So look, they're a great team, you know, between, like you said, Ava's gray area. And I loved her props to Laura, which, okay, by the way, Laura mm -hmm. looked phenomenal today. Her hair was yes. amazing. Like whenever she'd lean, like her hair, like it was just great. Her makeup, the black, I really loved it. Um, but yeah, so I think they're a great team. And I love how she said, who are you, Mayor Collins? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she's, <laughs> yeah. she's, like, she's on to Victor, and she's really been tight-lipped about a lot of it, but really storing a lot of information and putting the pieces together. But I have to say, like, <laughs> big bomb drop today regarding Victor, I think. Okay, what do you think? Well, for one, everyone won't stop talking about the weather. I know, right? yeah, I, was, I was dying. Um, yeah, and then I was like, what month are we in? I'm like, a heat wave in February, sure. And so then... Um, Laura gives a little bit more information about the ice princess to Spencer. Okay. Yes. And so what I love about this is like, while it might sound crazy and wacky, the whole ice princess storyline, I'm kind of like, do it, do it. Because I feel like the ice princess is a really epic part of like GH history. And I wasn't there for it. Me neither. You, you hear about it. It's yeah. referenced. Of course, it sounds insane. You know, like they're taking over the world and all that stuff. But I would feel kind of lucky. It's so nostalgic. And part of me is like, I want to know more. So, you know what I mean? So part of me, like, how can it not be that? Given okay, today. Right? <laughs> okay, so my nerdy GH side was like all in exactly everything you said. But my other side was like, so are we gonna get some pool scenes with shirtlessness? Well, yeah, if you gotta cool down, how else do you cool down? <laughs> come, on. Always on the come on. Come <laughs> on. Okay. So hey, speaking of same boat, there's a lot of boats floating <laughs> with regards to trying to find Peter. So we have like Anna and Dante Drew, right? Anna Dante Drew. Yeah, uh huh. We have somebody on a plane. Didn't give a crap. She just hopped on a plane. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have another little um group. You have Obrecht, Britt, Austin, Austin. Sam. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was peculiar how Sam ran up to Austin. It's like, don't worry, Juice figured it all out. And I'm like, that's not the story, but nope. sure, like <laughs> at all. You know what I? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Anna got a call from someone and then she assembled her team part police part guy back from the dead um and then they rushed <laughs> to switzerland um but okay so i just feel like everything you said about felicia could not be more striking today because 
I can't help but notice that when Obrecht thought of something, she didn't want to waste her time sharing it with the class. Yes. She's like, I'm going to call Anna. Anna is not her favorite person. Mm-hmm. Maxie is not her daughter. But Maxie, she loves like a daughter. Yes, absolutely. And this is about getting Maxie back. And frankly, I would feel better with Obrecht on a plane than I would Felicia um, yes. to kill Peter. So what does she do? She shares information. You know, she's, she knows where Anna is, as does Felicia, who has a relationship with Anna. Yes. And on that plane ride, we realize, which now I feel compelled to look back to be like, did this conversation ever take place? I think it looks familiar. <laughs> not sure. And so Felicia's remembering things. So she's on this plane knowing if I just press play at the correct videographic memory, I'll have all the info I need. Okay. So she does this and not one ounce of her feels the need to share it. She just feels victorious that she's figured it out and she's ready, set, let's go. I want to save Maxie all by myself. So I feel like a mom and I can, you know, so it's like, Peter got to her and I feel like it, it it's this, right? That was the whole thing. She can't let it go and she's making these decisions that are not necessarily best for everyone. They're just really best for her. And that's the Once hard again. part. Exactly. It's like she wants redemption, but she is choosing the worst ways possible to get it. And that's the, it's such a huge contrast with Maxie. Maxie's making all these sacrifices for her kid as we talked about earlier, and Felicia is just like blinders on me, me, me. It's really scary at this point because now Victor, like everybody's figured it out, right? Everybody has mm-hmm. a sense of where exactly to look. And I mean, look, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful Peter is just going to make sure Maxie's safe. He's, but he wants to kind of, Anna and Dante are killable to him. Yes. Um, but like, this is not good because Victor's sending his men. There's... Yes a mole in the WSB, which mm-hmm. how did no one think of that? Victor used to I run know. the WSB. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm a little scared because there's a lot of people going and now we know that Peter has sort of a plan and he's on edge and he's sort of prepare for like an attack. And now you're going to have Felicia Lone Wolf coming mm-hmm. in, not realizing like anything. I'm hoping that still, like, Anna and Drew and Dante will get there a little bit ahead and they will find her in the woods or something. Or she will go to the wrong house and be like, aha, and it's going to be like an old couple. It's, I'm really terrified as to how it will play out for Felicia. But, I mean, we can trust Maxie. Um, like, Like, she does a really good job of playing him. Like, frankly, I've, like, never seen these earrings that Maxie wore. (laughs) not that I recall so like Peter's like where are your earrings and then like Anna references her earrings like twice um, in today's episode she did and because I think of the mention constantly of the earrings I keep looking at everybody's earrings so I noticed that (laughs) Obrick's earrings were Mm -hmm. quite similar in style just a little bit longer so it still had the round outer edge the piece in the middle similar color but hers was longer what do you think that means? Well, just the fact that you said that it she feels like Maxie's her daughter. So I thought it was yep. really, a really cool way to tie that together. Well, I kind of like the way Obrecht's daughter threatened to shoot her with a harpoon again. Oh, yes. That was fabulous. You know, that she was willing <laughs> to commit her so she didn't uh, do anything. Um, so it was weird, you know, like Sam hung with the gang awkwardly, but she hung with <clears throat> the gang. Yes, she did. I don't really... 
anyway, that all happened. So they're getting really close and it's going to escalate is how I see it. Right. There's way too many people involved. Um, yes. The bonus is that everyone wants to kill Peter at this point. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to get a little scary. It's going to get scary. I can't wait for next week. Like I want to see who's get. I like, I want Maxie obviously to be the one to take him down to like, you know, I don't know, fight him and get the gun and hold the gun to him. Like I need her to have, she has her power back in the way that she treats him and manipulates mm-hmm. him, but I want her to, to have that gun in this place. <laughs> yeah. I definitely hope that she has the last word. And I just, part of me laughs at that aspect because she'll have the last word. And then when Peter goes for her again, she'll be like, Oh my God, I really love you. And he'd be like, I knew it. Like he just fall <laughs> for it. No matter how many times she'll tell him off to his face. He'll fall for it because, frankly, she's just that good. She is. Gold star for her, man. Um, okay, so there was one other thing of note for me when Spencer was... Look, I, I don't I don't fully agree with Spencer with regard to Victor, but you can understand his perspective. To him, Victor's the only one protecting him, but he's totally ignoring the other stuff that Laura is saying. Like, he's murdered yes. and kidnapped like a, magi- like a bajillion people. Like, it doesn't equate to your father. But when he did start talking about... Mm-hmm. like it's not just the abandonment yes. and his feelings for Ava. And it, like, the reality is it's like time kind of did stand still, you know, like his dad died. He was on a rampage and I, he has every right to be distressing of a Valentine. It's hard for me to have Spencer and Valentine together because Valentine was a different person then. And I don't yes. like that that's being glossed over. I love the relationship between Ava and Spencer before all of this. And I think with the right opportunity, they can find peace. I didn't like their last interaction at the Metro court, neither did Trina, obviously between Ava and Nicola and uh, Spencer, but I Mm -hmm. am hoping these two can find middle ground because he talks about the fact that his father did away with Brit and Hayden, two women that he loved and were good to him. And there was 100% that vibe between him and Ava. Mm Mm-hmm. But again, she betrayed him and he's not over that. Um, it doesn't justify his actions, but I feel like it can be fa- fixed with like a real conversation. No, I totally agree. And when he said it that way, I was like, ooh. Yeah, I can't, yeah. <laughs> it's messy, but I just think like, come on, Nicholas, like Ava's right. The kid is in jail. He's bored. So the thing yeah. is, if you just seriously showed up every single day, yes. every single day, make it like make it worth it, you know, him mm-hmm. away in prison. Right. Um, it, it kind of forces the interaction. So I, I agree with Victor on that front that as the adults with all the hurt and pain, they should be the one to initiate, you know, that first step. Same. Oh my gosh. We did the Friday. We did the Friday. So it's all together. It's all together. <laughs> <laughs> Reunited. And it feels so good. Okay. Bye everybody. Have bye. A good- <laughs> have a good weekend. <laughs> bye.